Welcome, everybody, to Man. our third review with Mark Rur, John Pelkey, and our producer, Jeff Taylor. I'm on my phone today. Mm-hmm. If you're listening on the podcast, that doesn't matter. It won't matter to you. We won't see any PowerPoint today. If you're listening on the podcast, that won't matter at all. I've spent an hour and a half on the phone with Microsoft technical support, and things are worse for me than they were prior. How is the weather in Delhi? I don't know because I—I—I uh, <laughs> I, I, I can't even tell you how frustrating this this is. And it's like it's not even me being an old guy not mm. figuring out the technical stuff. The people in Delhi couldn't figure out the technical wow. stuff. And this has everything to do with Microsoft Office. Oh. Uh, you know, I, I think feeling like they were connect, like my computer needed to be connected to the Disney account for it. Mm-hmm. I paid three times to subscribe because I didn't know what was going on. They won't <laughs> refund it. Of course not. And um, and then he couldn't even get to the bottom of it. He had to uninstall the program. No one cares. At any rate, here we are. It's um, a lovely day for probably most of the people watching or following. I can't see any comments on my phone, but that's okay. We haven't gotten any yet, and I'll make some up later. Okay, very good. No, I, Just- I, I can see and he's gone. <laughs> All right. All right. So we'll get Mark Ferreira back. And it's funny, Jeff, because the the, the argument was actually going to be today, the discussion that outside of the milieu of sports, because we want to let people into the process. This show's meta was going to be that Mark sent me the um, the menu of what the show was going to be today, the rundown. And he had uh, NFL picks, Super Bowl picks. And I'm like, well, no, wait a minute. But I'll pump the brakes here. You didn't tell me we were going to do that. And, you know, I would like to at least do a little bit of prep if we're going to do that. And uh, Mark was like, oh, you know, the whole point is if you do prep or no prep, it, it, it doesn't matter. You're, you have as much chance of getting your picks right. And there is actually a great deal of truth in that. There is. Um, but uh, <laughs> but I, I convinced him. I said, well, let's let's promote. Mark, I'm, I'm, I'm filling Jeff in on the fact that we thought that our non-sports discussion today was going to be about how I refuse to make NFL picks on the show. And now it's just about how technically challenged apparently everyone is at this point, including the experts. Yes. Um, so I kind of feel better about it because it was going to open up this big wound about, you know, you threw something at me and I frankly didn't. Yes. And I know. But you did. The, you, you, you know, but it see the thing for me is that we were going to predict some playoff uh, picks. We'll do that Friday. And John, you know, just was insistent that he uh, he. Needed I wasn't prepared. More than an hour and a half to prepare for it. I just, I, just, I, I well, it's not. I didn't have an hour and a half. I had other things that I had to do. Uh, and normally, what I do for a show is uh, the night before. My wife generally uh, retires earlier than I do to do some work, and she's she's directing something now, so she's kind of busy. And then I watch sports at night and then check in and see what, you know, where things are trending for the next day. Even when it's your show and you're going to give me the the rundown, I just assume, well, we, you know, we usually fall in the same sort of 
place when it's like what we want to talk about, what we think the big stories are. And then you threw this one at me out of left field. And I'm like, ah, I haven't been able to dive in. I've been watching baseball and I've been getting more into, I've certainly been into the NHL playoffs. You know, my problem with the NBA, it takes a while, but now my juices are starting to flow and it's, the NBA playoffs. And then you're like, Hey, we're going to make Super Bowl picks. And I'm like, mm, I'm not going to do that. So I'm, I'm interested in the fact you don't clear your morning on show days. No, I, and I, I don't have that luxury. I have, I have, unlike you who lives apart from your, uh, generally when you're doing the show from your, uh, from your better half, mine's right here. And it, basically the marching orders come in and then they have to be done in the order in which they're given. All right. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, people, listen, the question is to who wears the pants in our family. Well, there should not be a question. I have, I am the labor side of this relationship. I am not management. Right. And you're, uh, you know, you're, you don't even have a union. So you're doing, you know, no. you're, just, you're at the mercy. You're, you're before any child labor or, or yeah. hourly labor laws were written. You know, you're, you know, she, she can take full advantage. She can right. work you 80 hours a week, not give you a break seven days a week and you and you have no ability to challenge that right i'm like the kid working in the mine and when the thing collapses and my body is turned into some sort of jello they just don't speak of me again that's that's really where i sit i i want to feel bad for you but i spent all morning trying to fight my child trying to feed her plastic baby real water which was making a mess so i had to tell her that real water made the baby's stomach hurt so she had to only drink pretend water she's allergic to real water wow <laughs> wow my goodness now, so now you're gonna have trouble getting your daughter to hydrate i know she's like now oh, your daughter won't hydrate water. ever right oh she'll just drink pretend water the rest of her life and that's <laughs> fine to be good i do that when i'm drinking scotch i drink it with pretend water <laughs> Sometimes cold, real water, known as ice, but generally pretend water. So there you go. All right, so that's it. We're, we, we don't have to discuss the fact that we're not going to make NFL picks. And I did actually have also a good reason, Mark, because we want to encourage our yes. uh, listening public to give us their uh, playoff predictions. Because yes. I did say to Derek Abbott the other day, so I could see where you would go in that direction, that if you're going to do a podcast or you're going to be on radio, someone's going to ask you to make your playoff picks or your Super Bowl pick long before it should even be a question, before you have any information whatsoever that'll help you make an informed decision. That's how sports talk podcasts and radio goes. Well, and magazines. That's what I was telling you. The point is, is that no one is really informed. We, we have a blast at the end of every season looking back on, you know, preseason predictions. And again, we're about two weeks away. Two weeks from tomorrow is the first game. Mm-hmm. So no one knows what they're talking about, whether they're informed or not. That was my point. Right. That it's a good. I know. I agree with that. I agree with that. Skim two or three articles that already have predictions. And have everything we need. But there I'm was saying. a, but there was a, you know, in, in those situations, and I'm generally good under pressure, but when you're asking me to do that, there's a, there's a one in three chance that if I'm not prepared, I'm going to say that I believe the St. Louis Rams and the Houston Oilers will be in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And then, and then that will lead to, you know, evil Vin Scully beating me senseless or something, whatever it reoccurring to, character. It will lead to public embarrassment of yeah. three, four, perhaps five people. Well, your family. Your family and friends. My family so, and friends will will be embarrassed for you. I so apparently we'll on Friday, and like you said, John, we'll invite all of our listeners and viewers to uh, write us 
via the podcast or via the email at podcastafr at gmail. I'm just a mess. You podcastafr really at gmail.com and give us your uh, playoff predictions. Yeah. I think what's fun about that, John, is that you and I, as a rule for the template for that, we try and we try and take out half of the teams from last yeah. year yeah. and put, uh, you know, what what is that? Uh, six new teams, mm-hmm. six new teams in there. Uh, whether it's split equally between the conferences doesn't really matter. But as a rule, it's 30, 40, 50 percent every year that switches up. And um, so that should be a lot of fun. Friday, we will do that, though, John. You will have some time tonight, yeah. tomorrow night. I will. I'll preview my my answer by telling you one of the NFC te- NFC teams that will not make the playoffs will be the San Francisco 49ers. Well, you had done that last show. So I, know. I thought you had already thought about it. <laughs> I'd only thought about them. I just thought about the 49ers. That's all. That's all I thought about. <laughs> okay. That's all I thought about because the only the only NFL that is at the at the front of my mind right now is the for some reason the NFC West. It's the only one. It might be because I'm watching Hard Knocks and the Rams are on there. And I'm I'm sort of watching the Chargers too, but the uh, the AFC West doesn't interest me uh, very. Kansas City's going to win the AFC West. Um, so really, the NFC West to me is a tough predictive a tough prediction coming into this season. Um, so I am. That's the one we talked about. You know, we talked about Russell Wilson. So that's been at the front of my mind. I'm I'm, I'm going to put in a little time. All right. Well. Before we get into talking about the playoffs, another, another another topic that John Pelkey is uncomfortable talking about, let's get to progressive trivia. And this is old school. We are very um, – uh, the, the one upside of the nightmare that I had on the phone for an hour and a half with Mumbai or perhaps <laughs> New Delhi or perhaps it was – I don't know Bucharest. I don't know. I don't know where I called. I could have. I could have talked to. For all I know, I could have talked to someone in, um, you know, Manila. Sure. Uh, I could have talked to someone perhaps in um, Belgrade. <laughs> are you just are you showing off your knowledge of not oft mentioned <laughs> international cities? You know, I, all things can, could have been in Lyon. At any rate, Florence, the upside for this, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else, is that uh, John Pelkey is going to be very happy that we don't have to rely on PowerPoint for progressive. It's old school progressive trivia. I'm sort of like live. I'm sort of like that guy. And it was my grandfather. Apparently, it's my wife's father. That guy who immediately when he was presented with the idea of power windows in a car said, that's just one other thing to break. So that's how I feel about like having PowerPoint and everything for this. It's like I, I, I have the progressive. We could just do it. But now there's this extra added thing. And if it goes wrong, Mark will be frustrated. And he'll spend way too much time talking about it. So the podcast listeners will then they'll, they'll lose interest. And, uh, or, or they'll stay listening because they like, uh, you know, it's on some macabre level, it's, it's uh, you know, pleasing to them to hear me being frustrated. Well, it is to me, so you'd think I'd like it more. But yes. uh, in any case, we have to do an old-school progressive trivia, which is just me reading the clues. So here we go. We're looking for an NFL football player, past or present. I've spent five-plus years in the NFL, and as you know, if you're a regular listener, we don't have to tell you this, but in case we have some new, and we actually have people I didn't know listened who are listening to the show now. 
So how about that? That I was having information I was going to give you before, but then we ran into the uh, the Donnie Brook that was you and I arguing over the NFL uh, yeah. predictions. I don't think. And then and then the fact that your computer uh, your computer spontaneously combusted apparently, and you've been unable to uh, to solve that problem. So what I mean by five plus generally, Mark, you know what that means, right? It means five plus means it could be five or maybe plus one or two, three years. It, it won't be more than 10 because if it, it were, no. if it were 10, I would have said a decade. If it were more than 10, I would have said 10 plus. So five plus years in the NFL, my career numbers thrown for 13,000 plus yards, 75 plus touchdowns. And I have a passer rating of 89.6. All right. Spent my whole career in the AFC and in the five playoff games that I've been in, I've thrown four touchdown passes and only one interception. So he's played in five playoff games, four touchdowns, one interception, whole career in the AFC, 13,000 plus, 75 plus touchdowns, 89.6 passer rating, and five plus years in the National Football League. By the way, Lenny commenting, Mark in total frustration, nothing better, LOL. So there you go. This is already the fan favorite show. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The more frustrated I can get, and Lenny, I'll tell you, it started with uh, the PowerPoint not working. Then it, uh, then it was the, you know, the the international calling, perhaps, perhaps uh, interglacial calling. I don't well, know. it started with me putting the brakes on your men, on your uh, rundown. <laughs> it, it did. Like, no, it did. it's the universe telling us that this idea of going back to Wednesdays, perhaps not a great call. Could be. Could very well be. Uh, all right, so we we we've, we've got those clues. Those are some good clues. Interesting clues clues and uh we'll get to those a little bit later the next four but uh i like this one that you picked john there's thank you clue, there's some clues in there that are that are very very surprising i like to and i think you're the same way with this because this is when we you and i discuss the progressives because normally it's like you see the progressive yeah all right yep all good when we actually are interested in it is when there's at least a clue if not multiple clues that make you go when you find out who it is you go wow no idea. And I think we have a couple of those in this. Uh, yes, pretty fun. Pretty. Fun I have stuff. two favorite clues. That's right, people. We have favorite clues. We do. And I have two in this one that are my favorites. We'll talk about them later. One I've already mentioned. Yes. And we'll mention another mentioned one later. And one that was very surprising to me as well. All right. When I was uh, attempting to put it into the, uh, the PowerPoint. <laughs> when, when all the hell began. When, when, I was when beginning of the end. Nightmare that is this Wednesday. And when I say nightmare, it's all relative, folks. <laughs> It's all relative. I'm an old white straight guy. Not a whole lot of nightmares in my life right. that really qualify as nightmares. So that's why I I feel okay to say that this one this one is. At any rate, uh, the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs are happening. The NBA playoffs uh, are interesting. Of course, we spent so much time talking about Paul George and uh, the entire media going off on him because of his three or four really, really bad games in the playoffs. And he just goes off last night. They score over 150 points. And uh, that's the most I think they have scored in their playoff franchise history. Uh, he scored his 35 points in 25 minutes, which supposedly is some sort of record <laughs> that goes back to 1955. But I don't get that one. I didn't do the research on this, but that makes no sense. That makes no sense that no one has ever scored 35 points in 25 minutes. If a basketball game is 48 minutes and 
Wilt Chamberlain scored 100 points. Right. I think the definition, he would have had to have done that. I I, I think maybe they're saying in real time, not Um, game time, that in, you know, a 25-minute period from 7.30 to 7.55... Because yeah, it doesn't make it doesn't make sense. We should get to the bottom of that. And whoever whoever uh, put that in for not uh, whoever uh, presented that statistic for not actually more fully uh, fleshing that out, um, they should be fired immediately. Can I? And and Paul George was saying in the press conference that because he was getting a little bummed, he was getting a little depressed, he was getting a little uh, anxious and stir crazy. He, He didn't have an outlet away from basketball, even if it was something minor. Because they lock it, you know, you go straight from the game, and and they 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 bind you, blind lock you, you, and throw you in your hotel room and say, "We'll be back when we're ready," and that's it. And he got bummed, and he said he wasn't even he 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 didn't even feel like he was there the last three or four games, and obviously his performance showed. But boy, last night, I mean, you know, if if he is into it. You know, they are a formidable team. There's no yeah. doubt about it. So can I, po- can I poke a little bit of a hole in this whole Paul George is back theory? Sure. The guy that has been locking him down was a game-time decision yesterday, Finney Smith. And I don't think he was playing at 100%. And I think that opened up Paul George to be able to play a little more offense. I think if, if uh, Finney Smith is healthy going into the next game, Paul George will disappear again. I don't think it has anything to do with the bubble. I don't think it has anything to do with his mental status. I think it has everything to do with the guy that was defending him is, is hurt. It, well, maybe, but it is interesting though. I, and I think that's certainly though, Jeff, the difference. Yeah. And it is interesting that it had happened the day uh, within like 24 hours of him Literally being the lead story to Mark's point on all basketball coverage was, uh, you know, Paul George doesn't get it together. But it's over. But real. But really, the guy who literally has just been locking him down was a game time decision yesterday. He played, but I think they would have probably been better off had he not played if they would have would have put a healthy guy out there. But I think they felt like they needed him to continue to shut down Paul George. Why didn't they replace him when it was clear that wasn't working? Because they were down by 30 points in the first quarter. Because <laughs> Paul George was scoring 25 points in 25 seconds, I think it might have been. Maybe that's why it was a record. He scored 35 points in 25, 25 seconds. <laughs> so it's interesting. I think he scored nine the previous game, and he scored 35 this. And it's interesting that the health, uh, th- that a defender that it was playing, the same guy was playing, but wasn't quite as healthy, that there would be that stark of a not difference. not not quite as healthy only playing because of his defense on Paul George. If he was not defending Paul George and doing such a good job, guaranteed he does not play because he hasn't been scoring either. But he's not expected to. But my point is, is that the difference? Oh, right, is pretty stark. So I well, yeah no Paul George that, Paul that George make a very good point. But I doubt that that's the only reason. Paul Paul George Paul George is a, is a is most likely a Hall of Famer. The guy can score thirty five points every night. But uh, I don't I don't I think that the reason why he looked so bad this entire series until last night was because he was being well defended. I just want to give a credit to the guy that's been defending him. No, I think that's an important point. I think that's a good point. I just don't think that's the whole story. That's just my opinion. I think okay. I think it is is you know everything. 
I think you can make a legitimate argument that everything factors into everything these days. Because so there is so much new, there is so much different. This is no one is used to this. And some people react well, some people don't react well. Yeah. And physically, too, with taking all that time off the physical, because when we we're going to talk about baseball and there's a really great statistic on pitchers on uh, uh, who've been put on the injured list in baseball. And it's well beyond where it would be 31 days into the season um, in a normal situation. So, I mean, I think everything to, to, to the point about the 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 quarantine, the, the bubble thing is that we saw teams early on that weren't, it didn't seem like they were responding well to that, but was it that, was it the time off? Was it what they were doing um, individually when they couldn't get together? Um, well, I think what we're seeing is though teams are starting to adjust to it and play better because I think the, I know some people disagree, but I think the, um, the level of play in the first round was, generally mediocre would be my my opinion on that teams just did not seem like they were most teams didn't seem like they were clicking certainly the lakers didn't look like they were clicking and now it seems like they've gotten it together well and i know it's one game and we're highly uh overreactive even in basketball but now it's the playoffs, so every game we can we can treat it like it's the nfl yep and um and i think you know we're seeing that the clippers the lakers uh, probably the Nuggets will move on. I don't know about Rockets and Thunder. We'll see about that. Uh, that's surprising that it's tied right there. But Boston, we talked about Philly, Toronto, Milwaukee will will move forward as well. And um, it does seem to me like they're settling in, like the NBA is settling in to what they had been at the end of the regular season. Now that there's a you know there's a twenty not 20, but probably 12 games at least under everyone's belt. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, I don't know about the nuggets though, Mark, I disagree with you. They're jazz up three to two in that series. So I don't, I, wait don't a minute. Kind of... I thought the nuggets were up three to two. No, nah, jazz are up three to two last night. My bad. Yes. Utah. I'm sorry. Yes. The nuggets pulled one out last night to stave off elimination. By, by the way, my pick, uh, before the basketball season, the real one, not this bubble one was the Utah jazz to win the West. Certainly possibility. Yeah, I mean, they, the, they they added some uh, some good. They they added what uh, Milwaukee lost. So I thought Mark, uh, I thought Brogdon was going to be a good. Is that no? He went to Indiana. They they got somebody out of Milwaukee that really made them a better team. Yeah, interesting. You mentioned Indiana. Obviously, they fired Nate McMillan um, after they'd reworked his contract. And I guess the rumor, and because I don't really wish to talk about the Nuggets beyond this is that the rumor is that uh, they're going to have their eyes on Mike D'Antoni, who I believe is in an option year. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's in an option year with Houston. He's at the top of their, their t- top of their list, which is second, second biggest coaching uh, theory going on right now. Cause it looks like Brooklyn is going to try to pry Popovich out of San Antonio. Yeah, I saw that. I just, I, I don't see that. Some places seem like they, they match up for somebody. Maybe it's just that Pop's been there so long, it's impossible to see him anywhere else. Um, I would, you know, as an, as an East Coast centric guy, and generally opposed to Texas on moral grounds, uh, I have little or no problem with that. He would um, fit in perfectly in Brooklyn. I mean, he is definitely all Brooklyn when it comes to what bothers you about Texas. Yeah, yeah, he is. He he is. I just that that's, that 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 would really really surprise me. The D'Antoni thing would surprise me too. Well, well, now let's talk about D'Antoni for a bit because 
I think on paper, matchups might be a little bit trickier, but on paper, and I know that uh, they're not necessarily at full strength, but I think Houston should should win this thing. You know, and I, I think D'Antoni is not a very good playoff coach. He runs up the numbers in the regular season, and then he's just not he's just not the guy you want going forward. And and maybe you can argue that he just doesn't have those kind of teams, or maybe you can argue that defense doesn't seem to be you know first in his priority list. You guys have any thoughts on Mike D'Antoni? I I, I, I have thoughts I, on Houston. Uh, it's hard to win when Russell Westbrook is out. That's hard to do. I, I mean, I understand that, but they've looked pretty good when he's been out. His so Mike D'Antoni's uh, the flaw in his coaching style is his coaching style. He likes that run offense that's constantly going less of an emphasis on defense. Yes. And and I think Indiana actually would be a decent team for him to end up with because they have a lot of little guards. They've got a little center and they could run his offense. But you're right. I don't think that he is the guy that's going to win a championship for you. Yeah. They'll have a nice regular season. You know, they might sneak into the second round, but yeah, they 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 always flame out regardless. Uh, all right. So the NHL Hey, I just want, can I just jump in real quick and mention that uh, Joe Conley ruined my day. He got it right. Hey, do you want to move on from the NBA before you talk about the fact that uh, Toronto was talking about boycotting game one of the Boston-Toronto series? I haven't seen that. Yeah, they're, they're talking about boycotting game one of their next round series, and it's picked up a lot of steam. They could potentially do it. How do they handle that? How does the NBA handle that? Why? What's the what's their reasoning? Social justice. And because, but, I mean, because of well, because of the stuff that have that's happened in Wisconsin. Okay, so it has nothing to do with Boston. No, it has nothing to do with Boston. It has nothing to do with Canada. And actually, actually, just the latest, and I just caught, and and really, I hadn't been paying attention. I just caught it, but uh, apparently, Raptors and Celtics players are uh, jointly in discussion about uh, about a boycott of that game um, because of the Jacob Blake shooting, yes. which was horrific from what we saw. Um, it's, um, I think, the uh, just um, first blush, and again, I just caught this before we came on. I haven't really been paying attention to it, um, is that uh, the NBA has absolutely no choice other than to honor that if that's what they choose to do. I don't think they uh, they probably don't have a choice. I think Adam Silver is not going to buck that. And if the if the players want to strike or whatever it is or boycott it, then they're going then they're going to end up doing that. They want to, uh, you know, it is interesting to me. Dynamic in the dynamics of the social media age and the television of the reality show age we live in, and of the minuscule attention span that all of us have. It is interesting to me that a guy now granted, I mean, it seems like, seems like there is more pre video of that than there was of George Floyd, or at least as much. We saw him going, we saw them arguing. We saw him going around the car. There, there was a good amount of time and we've seen, we saw them shoot him in the back seven times, evidently. And 
Well, it also comes on the wake, and I don't know if you've seen the video, the, the wake of uh, last night's uh, shooting. I know they were talking about it before this, and it seems like, and again, just just having perused the story a, a little more closely, they're also talking about other issues. Um, but uh, th- there was a uh, someone with a gun who was shooting protesters last night who was uh, a white person, and uh, the police didn't even, uh, it, it appears as though in the video that we saw, and I mean, uh, you know, all of these caveats, because we don't have all of the information, but that the police didn't, uh, didn't even try to stop this person and that he flashed a sign like he was, you know, I'm with you guys, whatever. So it's that that's in uh, in play as well. I think those two things happening so close together have uh, brought the spotlight again. I know, but I think, John, that my point is, is that after George Floyd, pretty much the whole country took a pause. No, I completely agree with your point, by the way. We have run over this one as if, okay, been there, done that. Right. This is old news. Oh, the real story is the riots. Right. Oh, this is not it anymore. No, the real story is the violence uh, as a result of this. That's, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. Don't look over there. Whereas everyone, regardless of your persuasion, after George Floyd, and and maybe that's part of it too. That's what's motivating it too. With the with these, because it's like here's a sport that is watched by lots of people, and they're gonna make they're gonna make a statement. Now, of course, it's gonna be thrust right into everything, yep. and it's going to it. We're, we're not gonna probably be able to have a reasonable conversation about it. Because people are going to be accusatory, and they're going to throw out name calling, and they're and they're going to point fingers and blame the other side, and uh, you know we're probably not going to get to the bottom of it, and it's just going to divide everyone even further. But I think your point is well made, though, Mark. I'm glad there's an entity that's bringing more attention to this because I've been it's been stark how little. Yeah, I think it's I think your point is absolutely well made. And I have heard more people recently, um, African-American people and social justice people talking about the fact that, you know, the, the concern was and this is what happens. I mean, society, things move quickly. And when the George Floyd situation was going on, we didn't have sports. Uh, we didn't have a lot of the things now that are they're there as distractions, kids going back to school. So people were a little more laser focused on it. But in, in many of these things. They, you know, it's a cause celeb for a while and then it goes away. And I think, you know, probably the thinking uh, by some people was like, we put Black Lives Matter on the on the court and we allow people to wear things on their jersey that speak to social justice. That'll keep it in in the front of uh, people's minds. And it, to to your point, Mark, it really hasn't. Um, uh, and I think now this is just another stark reminder of that whatever position you have on these issues, they are still uh at the top of the list of things that we're dealing with um, at this point and, and, and that we need to continue to deal with in my mind. I am going to get a little political here. Okay. It's, it's okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I, I'm not going to give any side a pass on this one because it's clear. It's, it, it's obvious and clear that the cities that are having the biggest problem with violence have been run by Democrats for 50 years. It's also obvious and clear that the person in the, in the White House now, ostensibly the president's responsible for what's happening in the country. Both sides aren't taking that kind of responsibility on. Both sides 
you know, one side is pointing at the violence. The other side is pointing at the systemic racism. But the only things out there that are legislatively moving forward, and we'll see how this opportunity zones happen. Hopefully it's not just a blank check to de- to free development or cheap development in, in poor cities. Hopefully it's actual job creating business funded through private capital in inner cities and then the criminal justice reform. But outside of that, it's all it's 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 just fodder for campaigning and running on stuff. It's not no, no one is really looking to a solution outside of, you know, why aren't we hearing actual solutions as opposed to this defund the police thing out there? You know, we can't have a reasonable conversation about this without bludgeoning each other over the head or boycotting or doing things that are outside of the, you know, just just up upending everything. It's 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 like we're children. And unless we say, you know, you're going to get a timeout or you're not going to get your candy or your little your little baby doll can't have real water. You know, we're not going to get no one. No one. No, we can't talk about it. And it right. really is. It really is bothersome to me because both sides are 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 responsible for what's happening and neither side wants to claim responsibility or even partial responsibility. Right. Well, my, my thing with the NBA is that I, I worry about, I enjoy the NBA and I, and I am a big fan of the product that they put out from a sports perspective. I worry that they are getting to a point where there is no line that is drawn and they, there doesn't seem to be a ton of leadership coming out of the NBA. It for, for a day before this game is supposed to happen, them coming out and saying, we're going to boycott a game. They're going to boycott a game where the, it says black lives matter on the court. They're wearing social justice uh, slogans on their jerseys. I feel like playing the game is a is a bigger uh, platform for them to. I mean, if they if if the NBA takes a stance like this, where they're saying we're not going to play because of social justice problems, I feel like people that that people that aren't aren't into that stuff hard are going to stop watching. Where I feel like if they play the game something that pulls a guy like me in. I want to watch the game. So they're going to get their message to me. I feel like someone needs to tell them, hey, don't push away the, 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 the viewers that are on the outside of the circle. We have the social justice people in our grips. They are with us 100%. They have the message. They're with the message. What we're gonna, what we're in danger of doing is losing the ears that we need to get more of this information to. The guys that are that are watching because they want to watch people play basketball, not because they enjoy the social justice stuff. We're getting them in. They're hearing the message. You're you're in danger of losing those people if you don't play the games. Not surprisingly, I take an opposite view of that um, in the fact that I think that if you play the game, it's just like all, all it's all things remain the same. You you've not. Um, enhanced anybody's view or knowledge of the situation. You have that on the court. There are already, you know, there are people who don't like that. The social don't like the social justice thing, but they're still watching the game. That's uh, okay. That's all fine and dandy, but uh, they, they, they aren't educating themselves about why this is an issue. And I think sometimes you have to make, 
you have to disrupt. Uh, Frederick Douglass said it, who apparently the president believes is working in some sort of New York uh, social justice thing. Frederick Douglass on his deathbed was asked by somebody, what, what can I do? And he said, agitate, agitate, agitate. And the point being, if, if, you, if you disrupt this now, people are going to talk about it. And you know what? You're going to piss some people off. But it's, I think it's uh, the great, great, great actor, Leslie Odom Jr., and there's my Hamilton reference, said it. Um, he, here's the problem as he sees it, and I think it's right. He said, if black lives matter, then my black life has to matter. And that it just can't always be a response to when someone is dead. Oh, my gosh, there's a problem. And that's where we are right now. The other side of that is, is that some people won't listen unless you do disrupt them. And that's why I I would say to Jeff's point also that I've seen the back of that jersey, or at least for the MLS, the backs of those jerseys. I think it said Black Lives Matter on the front. Perhaps. I don't know. But the back has a whole huge paragraph. Uh, our friend Keith Abbott took a picture of that one day because he was there. Um, that's Derek's dad. He was there, um, you know, working some video support for uh, MLS. And it is a paragraph. First of all, who's going to read a paragraph as people are going up and down the court or up and down the pitch? There aren't there aren't paragraphs on the back of the NBA jerseys. It's one to two word phrases. Regardless, I think people have tuned that out. They to- the paragraph is easy to tune out because it, re- it really goes on and on. And it's, to me, not the pl- time or place for that kind of thing at all. And I'm a major supporter of, of, of bringing more awareness. But I, I think part of it now is that, okay, there it is. That's BLM. That's Black Lives Matter. No one, it, we've, we've already gotten desensitized to that. Okay, that's just what they wear now. You know, yeah. it, there's no difference between it's not as if when you're watching the game, it's like, oh, that's right. Black Lives Matter. I just right. I just don't I just don't feel like I feel like someone needs to take the reins over there and either put out what exactly it is that you're trying to do to help in this movement and how if if not playing the games is going to be the way that you push this message forward give us the message that you're trying to push forward in a in a unilateral way and and tell us what it is that you want from us so we can get you to play basketball again that's where i think i don't i don't i don't i just can't wrap my head around how that is going to help this movement it's going to keep it front of mind it's not front of mind. I mean, that's the the simple the simple answer is it keeps it front of mind. That's, and that's you short term. That's short term though, because it keeps you, it everything is short term. We've already we've already lost the thread with it, Jeff. Everything maybe is you don't like the fact that it's short term. You want it to be more long term. Oh, I do. Yes, I want people to. I want everybody in this country to admit that there is systematic racism. It is a problem, and we've over militarized our police force. It's not that is not a condemnation of individual police officers at all and that and it never has been but the, that needs to be front of mind and to to the point that i think that they're making is it, it it is not front of mind because you still have these things happening on a semi-regular basis and it, the the evidence is out there and the only way you can make keep it uh, front of mind is to at some point you have to re-energize the situation and if there are a bunch of people who don't like the fact that they're not playing basketball they're gonna it's gonna be front of mind 
But if they move on, then you lose that audience. Then you, then you're. I, I just feel like the NBA is is digging itself a hole. They're not going to be able to dig. And I think they are digging themselves exactly the hole they need to to throw the people who move along into that hole and just say, "I'm sorry, the future's coming through." And guess what? We're done. We're done. We're not going to play this game. Your game is not more important than our social justice, well, well, and then, it never will be. Okay, okay, great. Because and the reason why they can do that is because they don't need money to come in as much from the United States of America because they're getting a large chunk of the money they operate on from a country that has systemic racism having happening right now that they won't mention. And instead they're, they're knocking what's going on in the United States. That is a problem. On a very small scale. Where no, it's not on a very small scale. That is where you, that is where you, no, it is not on a very small scale. Compared to where the money's coming from now, it's a significantly smaller scale. I don't disagree. I'll stay with you on the, fact that yeah they should speak out to china uh, about china but that's not the point it's not the point to say we're wrong but they're more wrong so you can't talk about us bullshit this is this country and the social justice is a hell of a lot more important and sports can lead the way in social justice and you know what if a few white guys are pissed off because they ain't playing the playoffs it's going to be talked about and guess what if at, at some point at some point you got a fisher cut bait yeah, I, 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 people are going to cut bait. Some people are going to good. Cut bait. Let them go. They future, are. That's that's a, that's a that's a that's a fan, that's a fantastic from from the from the the standpoint of uh, having having that kind of courage. That's fantastic. But it's a business that needs to make money to stay in business and, and that, maybe a huge salary. Jeff, to the business point, I do believe this is a a, a relatively new developing story recently developing story so i guarantee you they're in talks right now with adam silver i guarantee you they're in talks with the players association i guarantee you they're in talks with because if there's any entity right now even more so than the nhl that can speak as one voice and has spoken as one voice and has handled everything from march to now as best as anyone could possibly have hoped it's the nba and I guarantee you right now they're talking. And I know that Adam Silver and other people are making the point you're making, that we have to balance that in there. And then other people are making the point you're making, John, and saying, yes, yeah. it doesn't matter. We have, to, we have to disrupt because it's not front of mind and it should be front of mind. And, and the short-term solution is the, is the only thing people pay attention to anymore. So... Uh, yeah, it sucks that we don't have a longer, but we just don't. I mean, it's people read the headline. You know, to the point about not being paragraphs. People just read the headline, and we're and, and we're just past that on this. I just think I think, I, I think in the end, Jeff, I think they're going to play. As yeah, do I. I think, by I the way, I think they're going to boycott. I think they're going to play. There's going to be some sort of statement. There's going to be some sort of something that happens in the national anthem, more than likely, and there's going to be uh, something to bring it front. And center the abhorrent crime that we just saw. You know, we don't know all the facts. We'll use that. We'll say that caveat. Facts, facts, facts are coming out more. The the he supposedly had a knife when he was wrestling with the cops, and then they chased him to the car, and he was reaching into the car. They shot and, him seven times. Yeah, I'm well, sorry. I'm sorry. You're not even supposed to shoot and kill people who are guilty that bullshit argument and that is why this thing that is why this thing is not moving forward Pete's support for black lives matter have dropped 
since people were was at its at it at its zenith. And part of that is you've had a side that has continually drummed into people that this is oh it, it's a terrorist organization. Look at all these bad things. Bullshit. They shot him seven fucking times. There is no point. If he'd have been white, they wouldn't have done it. Period. The, the, I, I disagree with you. I know you do, but you're wrong. I, but maybe you're wrong. That's the thing is that this is going to come out. You might be wrong, John. How am I gonna, no, I'm not going to be wrong. They shot him seven times and there's no excuse for that. That's where I'm not wrong. If, if you if you if if you they were took the kid who shot the people in the church to fucking Burger King. That's not true, yeah. by the way. This is the second time you're making. Yes, that they point. did. It's not true. It's not true. They it may not be true on Breitbart, but it's no, true it's in not, the world. It's not true in the world. They took. They didn't take the kid to Burger King. They took him back. They were they were uh, interrogating him. And they so got him Burger King. Burger King. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Totally right. different. They didn't shoot him seven times, and he shot how many people in a church? Yeah, but he also turned himself in. They went and arrested him. He wasn't okay. grabbing into his car to try to get a gun. Neither was this guy. This, you don't this know guy, that yet. If you look at the, if you, he was walking by the black way. people are never given the benefit of the I, doubt I, ever. I the video. I watched the video. I watched the original video, not the new footage. I watched the video. He's halfway in the car, grabbing inside the door of the car when he's shot seven times. Yeah, I agree. He got shot seven times, but those cops may have. I'm not saying I wasn't there. I don't know. They may have thought he was grabbing a gun. And they shot him seven times. That's what you do. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. Right. We're I, not going to find an agreement on this. I don't think we will either, but no. that's fine. I mean, that's... that's Twice what, isn't enough, Jeff? Seven? What's... Yeah, what's it? 30 in, times? In 15? Well, I, 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 49 there, shots? There, there's no answer that's right about this. You're right. Seven seems like overkill. But if I'm in fear for my life, if the, if if... And someone's grabbing and potentially grabbing a gun. I may pull the trigger seven times. I mean, that's just it's it, it seems like overkill, but I wasn't there. I've never had that feeling before. I've never well, we'll been see in that what happens. We'll, we'll we see will. How, how it plays out. We'll see when the facts come in. We'll see what the D.A. has to say. We'll see, uh, you know, what what if it's brought to trial or not. We will we will get to know more facts. I saw the video as well. It looked like he was walking around. I saw the car door open. I yeah, again, I don't know if the cop left a gun on the driver's seat, which would be very unusual. So the fact that he that this idea that he's potentially reaching for a gun is a bit far fetched to me. But uh I agree. Goes, uh, yeah. hey, we can we can we can really we can we can go back to an argument that we can all agree on is that maybe the rules need to change because the rules when when this goes to court, if it even does, the rules, the, the rules of engagement go that if someone is reaching into somewhere in a car and you feel like they may have a weapon, I believe the rules say that you are supposed to end that threat. So maybe the rules need to change. Well, we if, can all agree do, on that, if, right? if the rules do change, Jeff, we can, we can find we can find ground that we can't all agree. On. Well, I think we could all agree that probably a lot of police forces, the uh, officers aren't trained properly or that. Yeah, there are issues and there have been some uh, municipalities yeah, that have changed the rules of engagement. It's just it's just so difficult to to take a Monday morning quarterback stance on somebody feeling like their life is in danger and well, here, something happening in that way, you do have a right to defend yourself, whether you I, it or not. I, I, under, I understand that. And, and, you know, thank God for video. Thank God for yeah. video. Because you, can you imagine what it was like 
prior to that. And of course, you're going to take the cops word because, of course, they put their lives in danger every day and they should be. Well, that's a beautiful thing, actually. That should be really that should be part of the argument is that we no longer have to take people's word for it. We do have this video proof. The problem with the video proof, though, is that now we jump to conclusions based on what we see out of context. So anyway, it's I, I, I think. I think, you know, if there's body cam footage, we'll get more into that. I I will say, though, we all agree that rules of engagement should be looked at, perhaps changed. But I will say this, Jeff, if they are changed, I can guarantee you that there will be loud voices from a certain segment of the society that are saying, you're hindering their ability to do their job. Well, we heard from people talking about our soldiers that way or our generals that way in the Middle East, you know. Uh, again, short-term solution, yeah, if you want to inject steroids into a policy that's already working and on a trajectory to defeat ISIS, fine, and you want to do it faster, that's fine. But there are reasons why certain rules of engagement need to be amended. Now, you're on record. You're on record right now saying that you would support them. I do that. support that. And what record? Change, and then perhaps change. <laughs> I know. Five people are going to know. <laughs> Mark's family knows what you've said, Jeff. No, I, and I stand by the that. Loves you. I, I stand, and you know, you know me, Mark. You know, I don't make my decisions based on what either party thinks if i don't i don't naysay what one party says i don't cheer what the other party says i think about these things and i'm willing to take a stand on something that may not be popular to either side and if the rule says that someone may be grabbing a gun if they stick their hand head into the car and they can shoot them if they change that rule i will support that because it does seem sketchy that you don't know that guy literally could be reaching in there to grab his ID, which was one of the jokes that was made by my side. What was he grabbing his ID? Maybe he was, maybe he was grabbing his ID. Maybe he at first was, was saying, I'm not giving you my ID. And they, they, they tackle him on the ground. They're rolling around on the ground. And finally it was like, Jesus, it's not worth this. I'm going to go grab my ID. Boom, boom, boom. He's dead. That's a problem. I can admit that. Maybe we need to change those rules of engagement. Uh, that all being said, I don't think they're good. Thank you for bringing this up, Jeff, because I was gonna I was gonna blow right by it. Thank you for bringing it up, uh, but I in the end I think they're gonna play. And uh, oh, so do I. I have a show when, when we get to yell at each other because that's that's like it's like was that was like an old school show and it was usually Mark and I yelling at each other. So it's always good to bring and then and get to, Jeff. I don't disagree with you on a, on a lot of the things you said, including the China thing, which I think the NBA really dropped the fucking ball on. But follow the money. I mean, that's always the case I agree. I agree, but they they need to they need to be uh, they 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 need they need to be called on the carpet for that because they do. They, really need if they're going to stand for social justice which i am all about yeah oh i agree I, yeah, I know that you you can't go so hard on social justice in a country that like it or not is one of the best places to live for minority regardless of what the minority is it really is one of the best places on the planet to live if you're a minority we have problems admittedly but right but i really think we ought to have a minority to speak to that so i'm not going you can't, to you can't shine i well i i mean you know i, I mean like, honestly it's, it's been said i mean i can see i may not be able to see it from the from the viewpoint of a, a minority but i can say that on the lowest poverty scale in this country we're middle class 
that almost anywhere else in the world. So that's a pretty good place for poor and minorities to live. There are atrocities happening to minorities all over the world and other countries. So that being said, you cannot shine such a huge light on that while completely ignoring something that is very much happening on a very large scale just because of the money. It has got to be pointed out. America first, Jeff. They need to admit it. (laughs) America first. Let's deal with our problems first. Isn't that the mantra? But no, we are dealing with it. It's happening. They're dealing with it. The NBA is dealing with America first. We want to say it's not as bad as everything else, so let's sweep it under the rug. I'm not saying sweep it under the rug. I'm saying deal with America, which we are, shining a huge light on America. Just shine that same light on other places that are paying your bills at the same time because you're not taking a stand, a legitimate stand for social justice if you are shining a light on one thing and ignoring another for money, that is cowardice. That is not taking a stand. Well, now, but now you're making a now you're making a liberal mistake, which is making the perfect the enemy of the good. Because I oh. agree with you in the perfect world, yes. And they are going to have they that listen that uh, that chicken will come home to roost. Right yeah. now, it's other chickens. But but the rea- but the reality of it is is the reason why they won't do that is because they know that they will go out of business if they if they cut their American audience in half and they alienate the money that's coming from China, if you want to take a stand that everybody can get behind stand against both of those things, put your money aside and make your stand. If not, then, then people are going to be able to say that you are acting like you're, you're that you're being brave, but you're being a coward. I do think we're over on time, by the way. I do think taking care of your own backyard <laughs> is the priority. I do think that the art, but it is their own, ba- it is their own backyard. If they're getting paid more, more money. I, I disagree. I disagree. That's... We don't, uh, Apple doesn't do that. Uh, name Nike. a corporation, name, name a corp. Disney doesn't do that. I'm, are you getting ready to, to, to lay out Apple and Disney? Because they don't do news. I'm getting ready to lay out essentially is, all American big business. What, what, what big business is Fox news getting from China? They don't play Fox news in China. I'm talking about offshore accounts that monies are put aside I'm I'm talking about not paying taxes. Right. I'm talking about well, all kinds of things. I, yeah, but that's a whole different area. Yeah, I agree with it. you. I agree with you. It's actually not in terms of what we. Sh- if if you think that if you're getting paid and you're making a lot of money, that you need to address where that money is coming from or what what that's hap- what's happening with that money, then that involves. But that's a that's a, that's a they're, that's a they're not paying taxes in the United States argument. That's not that they're taking a ton of money from another country and they're they're bashing one thing and ignoring the other thing because so much money is coming in from that other country. That's now, there is another argument, though. Uh, let's first of all, I think you take care of your your, your own house uh, first and you have to deal with that as well. There is another argument that uh, if you disengage with uh, another country, and this is a government and a business. If you disengage, if you completely disengage and say, you know, you either make the, you make this change or we're leaving. And they're like, well, then get out. Uh, you, you haven't helped affect any change there either. So, I mean, I think there, I think the, the, what would behoove the NBA is to admit that there are problems in China and to try to, uh, mitigate those problems. It, it, 
you know, you're dealing with another country's government. So, yeah, there's hypocrisy to it. Completely admit that there's hypocrisy to it. But the argument that, uh, well, you can't take care of this unless you're doing that. I'm I'm just saying you, you've got to deal with the ones that you can take care of first. You, you don't look very strong when you when you're making a huge stand. You, you know what you do? But if you, but it. That's that's just the reality of it. Is I, you, I, think I, I you can't you can't be brave stand. and a coward at the same time. Wearing a t-shirt is making a huge stand. What do you mean? That's not a huge stand. No, no, they are, they're they're just taking, bringing awareness to it. That's not a huge stand. They're talking about boycotting a game. They're taking a huge stand. That's, well, that's that is players. That is they're, news they're gathering taking, right now. They're, that they're taking a story. huge stand against the social injustices in the United States of America, which right. is fine, yeah. but they are completely turning a blind eye to legitimate slavery happening right now in another country that can't, you can't say that that's not a cowardice move. The, the guy from the rockets, Morel, Maury, Maury tweeted, tweeted about Hong Kong and China said, we're not going to play Houston Rockets games anymore in China. And the, the, the NBA punished him. Yep, it's a problem. That's a problem. It, it really is a problem. It is a problem. But the, I, I just don't think the solution to that problem is you can't, you can't do this because of that. But I do agree. And I think those, to, to your point, those chickens are going to come home to roost for the NBA. I think, you know, and, and that, but that's the, in, the, when you're involved internationally, it's more difficult, obviously, to, to, to make a change that way. And I think right now the focus, this is what the focus is. Uh, I still think they're going to play. I, and again, sometimes the threat of something, uh, is it will help move things in the right direction. But, you know, there is a there is a statement that the only thing you can give somebody that's more important than your love is your industry. And the other side of that is if you withhold either of those things, that gives you a lot of power. And I think that's what they're doing. They're feeling their their feeling is this is the power that we have to get this back to the f- forefront where it belongs. And there you go. And now, Mark, you don't have to talk any more about NHL playoffs because I know this entire thing was so that you didn't have to weigh in on the NHL playoffs. Yeah, but no, what I, have have no I have no problem. Problem uh, weighing in. I think the uh, you know Islanders obviously look good against the Flyers. All right, we've moved past Boston. that. Uh, we, we we moved past that to Dan yeah, Snyder. The, I, yeah, the Islanders. Is is, is 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 there any surprise that Dan Wait, Snyder was? What, what did Jeff say about the Islanders? They're they're the best team in the East. I think it's going to be Islanders Kings uh, uh, Knights. Wow. Islanders Knights in the uh, Stanley Cup Final. I. I'd, I'd be hard pressed to actually argue with that. I think the Islanders are certainly playing better than Boston, anybody else. Boston, uh, New York is going to be a fun Eastern Conference final to watch, and then I have a feeling Vegas is going to annihilate the Islanders. And well, I still think Tampa Bay has a chance against Boston. Well, and, and Vegas, uh, they're tied with the Canucks right now, right? One to one, and they Boston are. and the Lightning are tied one to one. So yeah. it's anyone's series at the moment. Um, I believe the Canucks got the split on the road. I'm just kidding. <laughs> actually, actually, Edmonton's not far from Vancouver, but uh, so it's going to be interesting. You think it's you think it's so you're ready to make a prediction. I'm making that prediction right now. The Islanders look unstoppable. They've got a coach that uh, knows how to win with talent, and uh, and I, I think they can. I think they're better than any other team out there, especially because of their goalie. If he gets hurt. All bets are off, sure. but they they have young stars that we've never heard of, and uh, the really I think I think they're I think they're going to be the team to beat in the East going forward. 
All right, can I do uh, some progressive trivia clues? Because we're almost out of time. We're going to have to literally do like 12 all at one time. Uh, so can, do you mind, Mark? I, it's your show. I hate to take over this way. No, I don't. No, you're upset. Look, you can tell. No, you no, just no. I'm, I'm very not angry. Upset. I'm not upset. I think it's good that we argued for an hour. Oh, my God. I love that. That's what that's what makes it fun. I think I think it was great. And I love the fact that Jeff is here, that he can, you know, bring in his uh, his own, quote unquote, bubble check. I love right. that. And so I think I'm it's ready to get back to progressive. We need to review the first four, though, because it's been, I don't know, I know. since 1984, the last time we gave clues. By the way, I think Jeff's correct. I am wrong. And I think I'm correct. He is wrong. So that's it. I just think that's that's where everything stands right now. And w- what is wrong is that Joe Conley got this on the first go round. So I'm not I'm not going to say he's using a performance enhancing device, but you suspect it. <laughs> you suspect it, John. I know you do. You know, I, yeah, I, yeah, I will say this honestly. Mm. If I were in your shoes, I'd suspect it as well. All right, let's go through our first clue. Is first set of clues: five plus years in the NFL, career numbers: thirteen thousand plus yards, seventy-five plus touchdowns, and eighty-nine point six passer rating. Played my whole career in the AFC, and in five playoffs games, I've thrown four touchdown passes and one interception. Second set of clues: three-time All-Conference first team in college. Three-time first-team all-conference. How about that? 10,000-plus yards passing in college, 100-plus touchdowns. I was, I've been AFC Offensive Player of the Week four times in my career. And in my career in the NFL, I've played for four head coaches. Seems to be a lot for a guy who has played 10 years or less, Mark. Five-plus years. That's right. Right, so it's five, 10 or less. Five-plus years, and um, very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, four-time player of the week as well yeah hey uh, but real quickly uh jeff mentioned dan schneider who uh the cheerleaders are now accusing him of uh of sexual harassment and inappropriateness you know here's here's my thing with that we already know that dan schneider is the worst human being who's not a china slaver uh, uh slave master at this point i mean he's literally the worst human being does anything that come out it, it at this point, I'm just like, yeah, he's a horrible human being. He should sell the team. Does any of this? It certainly matters to them. But does it? Does this color anybody's opinion of this guy at this point? Not the not, not the guy. I can't stand the guy. But I will say this: they want him out. They're going to kill him with death by a thousand cuts. They, yeah, that's probably true. I I read the article. These these uh, this, the new things that they released don't seem that harsh. He said he told a cheerleader to go hang out with his friend in a hotel room. Not even yeah. him, and uh, she didn't go. And nothing right. happened. He was still a cheerleader. So I feel like they're just trying to kill him with a thousand. And it's more about that culture, obviously the culture there. And he's just, the, you know, he's, he's just an unattractive human being. Well, and let's particularly be honest, your John, team. We, let's be honest. We um, covered a lot of games. We covered a lot of live games. Like if we went to the Citrus Bowl, if we went to any of the bowl games, we did that. We've been around football culture. We've mm-hmm. been around cheerleading culture. We've been around cheerleaders. And let's be honest the fact that they got sexually harassed by anyone is not a surprise because it's not only the Washington Redskins culture, it's male culture is what it is. And it's about toxic masculinity. Look at ourselves and go, God, I, you know, man, oh man, I was a douchebag. I was a prick. I was, I was just an insensitive moron. I I go, that's my meditation every morning. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, I like it. I like it a lot. What's that, what's that thing called? Your uh, daily affirmation? No, they call it in when you your hmm, mantra. Your, yeah, your mantra. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, mine is just uh, worthless. Uh, you're worthless, and if there was a just God, your body would be rotting in a pauper's grave. So I, I just remind myself of that. Really, really weird because I do the Stuart Smalley. <laughs> People like, like me. Un- underrated right. movie, by the way. So Stuart saves his family. Let's, let's quickly let's see if we can get this in real quick. Quick thoughts on the halfway point of Major League Baseball season. We're past the halfway point. I think most teams have play, played thirty-one games. Um, it looks like they've they've uh, been agile enough to deal with all of the problems that have arisen with positive tests. Yeah. Uh, it looks like they, you know, and I, I'm pretty impressed with that. As as I mentioned to you, John, I think what's more. You know, it's not a it's not a question of something going to happen, especially if you're outside the bubble. But the real question is how you handle it. I think yeah. they've done a nice job, and it's really interesting because Tony Clark and Manfred are on the same page right now, trying to figure out these postseason bubbles, which yeah. I think is hilarious. It's going to be interesting because Tony Clark was leading the charge of not having an Arizona bubble. Right. Day. Right. So uh, maybe coronavirus it has devastated some people's lives. <laughs> <laughs> including yours truly, but uh, for other people, it's provided an opportunity to uh, to reinvent and to evolve. So- you no, know, and really, I think one of the things with that huge breakout with the Marlins thing is one of the positive aspects of it being as big as it was and at the four is it i think it shocked a lot of players into realizing that their personal behavior was how it was really going to dictate if the sport was going to be able to continue because we've had a couple of situations since with a couple of guys the uh, who who broke protocol but for the most part what it seems to have done was kind of everybody looked at it and went holy crap i mean they didn't play for what eight i, I think marlins played four games and they're in second place in the in the East. Um, but I, I think that had actually a positive effect in the end, Mark, is that, you know, guys turned around and went, wow, a bad decision here could cost X. And I think they thought maybe what it would be was like, oh, if somebody gets, we'll miss a game. And then they realized it's not quite that simple. So, yeah, I applaud them. I think they're doing a good job. And I think the playoff bubble is the only way to go for them. I will mention uh, one thing I've noticed at the halfway point is that the Los Angeles Dodgers are not only the class of the National League, but I think the class of Major League Baseball. Now, halfway through the season last year, three-fourths way through the season last year, at the end of the regular season last year, they were certainly the class of the National League, and we saw what happened. Um, I will say this, though, that for, for whatever reason – they're only four. They're eighteen and five against the rest of the league, and they're only four and four against the San Francisco Giants. Which, if the season were to end today, here's some Giants talk. If the season were to end today, the San Francisco Giants would be in the playoffs. Yeah, and what are they? Are they? They're two games under five hundred. Fourteen, they're sixteen. One, they're one game under five hundred. Okay. I told you about their poor, unfortunate reliever Trevor Gott. Who came in against uh, came in against the A's, I believe, with a five-run lead in the ninth and lost. The ne- very next day, he came in against the A's with a four-run lead in the ninth and lost. Didn't pitch the next day. Came in the next day. Uh, it's the bottom of the ninth against the Angels. The Giants have a one-run lead. He gives up a two-run home run. That's three wins right there. We could be f- we we could be five win- uh, games over five hundred. We're at the halfway point. 
We're, we're running over time. Listen, at any rate, that's that's my the thing is is that the Dodgers are the class of Major League Baseball. They're on a pace if it were 162 game season to win 119. So what Mark just said is that Trevor God is still Trevor God, but for the first time in his career, he matters on a team. And second of all, I was reading today how many of the Giants, the Nationals, are looking to pluck away before the trade deadline. So they're going to be buyers. They are. They're going to be sellers or buyers? Buyers. The Giants are going to be sellers. The Nationals are going to try to get Yastrzemski, and if they can't get him, they're going to go after uh, some of your other hitters well look everybody in the national be buyers because everybody in the national league they're only four and a half games out everybody in the national league sucks mark and over the last 10 games four of the five teams in the uh, national league east have they've been five and five and the nats have been four and six i mean it is nothing but a a study in mediocrity and talk about backing into the playoffs so i mean everybody's going to be a buyer well, then, in that sense, I agree with that because people are talking about the Giants perhaps buying as well, and they're not going to let go of Mike Yastrzemski. That's no, no. no, just for the name alone. So, uh, so the the reason why the Nationals are buyers is because I can remember I, I'm old enough to remember last year when they were in this exact same boat, and uh, it worked out just fine. Yeah, I mean they weren't this bad at this uh, halfway through the season they weren't under 500 uh halfway through the season last year i'm 90 percent sure they were yeah no i have to we'll have to check on that but i know they weren't on that they, they were, weren't they particularly were, good. They were, the phillies were in first place the braves were in second the nationals were in third at this point and they were battling back and forth with the mets for that uh honor uh throughout the beginning of last season how many games under 500 are they now they're eleven and sixteen. They're five yeah, games under five games under five hundred. Right, and Atlanta what, sixteen and twelve at the top. Per, what's their winning percentage? Really? Oh, have that right really? <laughs> really? I'm afraid. I'm, I'm throwing statistics out. Me, I've done the research, and you would. Ah, what? What's his? Uh, what's his war? What's his wins against replacement? It's like Jesus, God, Mark, please, no, really, you're gonna hang me out to dry. You're looking at the standings. That, I, that's what done the research means. I actually am not looking. I actually wrote a lot of stuff down with this. I have statistical stuff here, but they're I didn't win- write down winning percentage. Figure it out. Do the math. Their winning percentage is 407, Mark. There you go. I guarantee you it was better than that at the halfway point last year. Okay. Oh, God. It was all about that for you it to was. win an argument. That's it all was. what it was. See what well, I put up with, Jeff? I, I, can, I, can, I can guarantee you 27 games in last year, it wasn't that. But because of the weirdness of the season, the halfway point is different. But I'm going to look it up right now. Yeah, you do have to look at, at the halfway point. But what I wanted to point out, Mark, that this information I put down, and please don't ask me for winning percentages because I didn't write that down. Again, Stop it. Again, Don't talk. If I could go and check the standings now, I'm afraid I'm going to cut myself off if I go to another screen. That's All right. Problem. That's perfectly fine. But what I wanted to point out was how mediocre the National League has been over the last 10 games. Because I mentioned that in the East, everybody's 500 except the Nats who are a game under. Uh, the top three teams in the Central, the Cubs, the St. Louis um, Cardinals, and Milwaukee, Milwaukee four and a half games out, St. Louis three games out behind the Cubs. They've all gone five and five over the last 10. So the National League is just nobody outside of the Dodgers, who again, eight and two over the last and the 10. Giants. Uh, <laughs> Giants, yes. Well, but I, I, 
They're seven in a row. That's pretty noteworthy. Nobody who's more than five games out are we going to talk about. It's just not. We're not going to do it. Uh, well, San Diego. It doesn't matter how many games out you are. It matters what your stand, what your position in the playoffs. Is. No, I understand that. But what we're talking about right now is how they're playing right now. And yes, you're right. They're playing that well. And and but I didn't include them in this conversation because I knew you'd bring it up. That's the main reason why San Diego has gone seven and three over the last ten. But the rest of the National League well. is just garbage right now the national league is just Out, outside garbage. of the nl west out because three teams in the nl west are playing very very well right right now. right oh boy you just had to make that point just well, I, mean, that's the truth. I mean if he's we're rolling. talking about the research seems like you could do baseball research i'm not sure why you couldn't do a little nfl pick research but other let's let's move on from that and at the beginning of at the beginning of last season mark the nationals had a 19 and 31 record before they went 28 and 11 going to the all-star break. And at the all-star break, they were above 500, but they, they were, they were 19 and 31, 12 games under 500 before they went there. If they're going to, again, then if you're going to look at their first 40 games, then they should be sellers. (laughs) If they're going to repeat, they're not, they're my, my most likely they're going to, they're going to throw a couple arms uh, Boston's way for JD Martinez and uh, then they'll go from there because they still have Corbin and Scherzer at the top of their rotation. And I think they're going to make a run for it back to back. All right. Fair enough. We know, we know the Montreal Astros aren't going to win it all this year. <laughs> they took away their trash cans. Remarkable. I think they need Remarkable. to be on the road. Nothing again, but on the road again, in a bus. I, I do implore everyone listening to our show or viewing to look at the actual statistics from 2017 road and home statistics for the Houston Astros, as well as road and home statistics for the playoffs as well. Uh, Yes. All the home teams won in the ALCS against when it was New York and uh, Houston. And uh, I think Altuve may have had a better record at home than on the road in the world series. But again, remember Astros won two games in Dodger stadium that year. And if you look at their road and home record in 2017, it, they, they're they're far better on the road. So Here's, if you look at the statistics, it doesn't hold up that the cheating helped them at home. You you what you what you have to look at is what Bregman did. How where whatever Bregman was doing is how it goes because he's the guy that fell off the table when they stopped cheating. Altuve and Springer, great players without cheating. They had actually that Astros team in 2017. They were good enough to beat the Yankees. They were good enough to beat the Dodgers. They didn't have to cheat. But they did, and that'll never not be the case. <laughs> All right, let's, let's give the last three clues for our progressive trivia before we. This is just this thing's just this is a runaway train. It's off the rails. Mark Mark's got his phone, and it's like, it's like a phone call for Mark. You can't ever get him off. It's just it's gonna we're gonna be here forever. I mean, honest to God, we'd like f- three minutes into a phone call with Mark, he just goes. I had a forty-five minute show planned. I just want I know. everyone to know. I had I know. a forty-five minute show planned. We haven't talked about all kinds of things we brought it. We just got off the rails. I was already, I was already done by the time I started this show because of what had happened prior. Yeah. So I apologize to everyone for yet another interminably long show. <laughs> no need, just just pointing it out. I knew when you said I'm going to get political. I went, oh boy, here we go. Here's the third act. Send your complaints to podcastafr at gmail.com. Please do. Absolutely. Please and do. your and your NFL picks. And your playoff picks. 
Uh, by the way, uh, Lenny Rowe, looking forward to a repeat of the 1974 World Series, uh, <laughs> Oakland and Los Angeles, which isn't bad because uh, Oakland, uh, the other, were they eight and two over their last 10? Uh, no, they're playing out of their minds as well. 21 and 10. So just a, just a slight percentage, which I, I don't know, as Mark has pointed out, and, slight and winning they, percentage behind. They can have the bubble in Southern California because there's all those great professional fields there. There's mm-hmm. plenty of hotels. Have the bubble in SoCal somewhere. All right, here we go. Here are the final set of clues for our Before you do that, Lenny also said Mark needs to fire his cameraman. Yep. Yeah, yeah, clue. Yeah, it's like uh, live at five or something watching. He's just walking through <laughs> somewhere. I'm sorry. I had to go to a, I had to go and charge the phone. My God. To, just... You know, I'm holding it the whole time. I apologize. All right. Let's give you a very gorilla. Very handheld gorilla. I like it. Let's uh it's giving you a little vinegar in your, you know, urine. So <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's go through our first eight <laughs> five plus years of the NFL career numbers: thirteen thousand plus yards, seventy five plus touchdowns, eighty nine point six passer rating. Whole career in the AFC: five playoff games, four touchdowns, and one interception as a passer. Three time All Conference first team selection in college: ten thousand plus yards thrown for, hundred plus touchdowns in college. AFC Offensive Player of the Week four times. Played for four NFL coaches in his career. I won three bowl games as a starting quarterback and was MVP for each one. Played in the Pac-12, won the Heisman Trophy, and the number two overall pick in the NFL draft. My favorite two clues in this were the five playoff games, because I think I, you, everyone went, when they hear the name, they're like, five playoff games. The massive bust. I'd never team ever got to the playoffs. And the other one was the three bowl games and MVP of each one. Now, part of that is if you're a quarterback, there's a better chance you're going to be an MVP, but that's still pretty, pretty, and they won every one too. Highly impressive. Obviously. And um, I, I think we can safely say at this point in the show and in the, in the progress of the progressive trivia that the uh, playoff games is a bit misleading because in three of those games, he literally had one snap. Right. So that's three snaps for three playoff games, but technically he was in, he played in those games. So all right, so we'll give you certainly a, use that. We'll I give you a minute. Also say this: you mentioned Heisman Trophy. This is obviously a quarterback we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I did a little research of my own, John, prior to the nightmare situation I found myself in. <laughs> and uh, do you realize since Jim Plunkett, fifty years of Heisman Trophy winners? I think there's been twenty four. In that 50-year period, uh, we're, we're talking 120 seasons roughly combined with all of these athletes. Seven wins in the playoffs. One Super Bowl appearance and a loss. Trying to remember who the Super Bowl appearance and loss was since 19... 19- Relatively recently. Well, now, wait a second. There are two Heisman Trophy winning Super Bowl wins after... Jim Plunkett. What are those? Roger Staubach. No, I'm talking about no, no, I'm talking about Heisman Trophy winners after Jim Plunkett. Oh, oh, after one. I thought you meant seasons after Plunkett came into the. Oh, okay, yeah, seventy-one. So, yeah, I wonder uh, who's 50 the fifty years of Heis, of Heisman's twenty. Almost half of those are quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. One playoff, one Super Bowl appearance, no wins, and only seven total. Oh, Cam Newton. Wins. Cam Newton. That's Cam Newton. 
Yeah, that's the is the, is the is the one. Wow. Yeah. So uh, mm. trophy winning quarterback is someone you should not draft. <laughs> I think the I think the statistics could not be clearer. I mean, yeah. seven wins in 120 plus seasons. Now, Vinny Testaverde, you know, was a third of those 120 seasons. <laughs> right. But Doug Flutie, no playoff wins. Right. Jason White. Well, we could go on and on. Gino Toretto, Andre Ware. We could go on and on with those. But Sam Bradford, no playoff wins. You know, obviously, uh, none of the recent ones. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, you know I think you've got you've got three wins by Cam. I think you've got two wins by Vinny, and then a single win here and there scattered. Well, frankly, if you start looking back at NFL championships even before Plunkett and guys who won before, I mean you have Staubach. Yeah, you have Staubach, and, and you have who else? Who, yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to think of John Unitas didn't win a, a, a Super Bowl championship. Um, Bart I'm trying Starr. to think, Star never won a Super Bowl Dawson. championship. Uh, nope. Yeah, yeah. Even look at AFL championships. Uh, whoever won with San Diego had a couple of different quarterbacks in theirs. I think. How about that statistic? Since Jim Plunkett, twenty fifty years, twenty four Heisman Trophy winners, only one has gotten to a Super Bowl. No one has won, and they've only won seven games seven playoff games it's literally should be a golden rule right to not draft a heisman trophy winning quarterback it's ridiculous but definitely draft the guy that everybody says he should have won the heisman (laughs) yes yeah Yeah. maybe that it's motivating that's why peyton manning actually won some super bowls yeah joe theisman finished second Yep. Now, now Jim Plunkett obviously won that second year. To Jim Plunkett. So right. This is post Jim Plunkett. But yeah, I mean, if Peyton Manning would have won over Charles Woodson, per, probably wouldn't have even played in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm just saying that it's I'd just that it's, it it just added to the statistics the fact he didn't win it. Yeah. Well, now Lenny's given uh, uh, guys who uh, Paul Horning and Alan Amici uh, who won. Uh, Heisman trophies. Yeah, but we're talking about Heisman trophy quarterbacks. And I know that in theory, Paul Horning was a quarterback in college. He was a quarterback and he played a little bit of that in Green Bay before. Uh, uh, well, and again, but they never, but he was not a, he was not a quarterback when they started winning championships in the I'm, NFL. I'm he was a tail. Last 50 years of Heisman right. trophy winners. Well, I'm just, we're just going back in time, though, and, and looking yeah. at guys because, you know, that to, to that point, Horning was a quarterback. Because we were looking back back beyond that, but he didn't play quarterback in the NFL. At least he was not a quarterback when that team started winning. Look at the, how about that, Mark? He was a Heisman winning trophy quarterback, and the team that drafted him could only win a championship when they switched positions yeah. with him. Yeah. So had they kept him there, he never would have. They never would have won, won one game for them or whatever it was. Uh, one year. The thing is, is that this is even more gives even more credence to the uh, you know to the thought that Jim Plunkett should be a Hall of Famer. Right. Because he's on the same page of, with Roger Staubach. Right. Agreed. Only two Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks who were quarterbacks when they won the Super Bowl. I think Bob Greasy finished second to Steve Spurrier. There you in 66 go. 66 as well. Yep. So there you go. All right. 
There it is. All right, so that's it. So go ahead and give us the answer there, Johnny. All right, uh, should run through the clues one more time. Uh, Five-plus years in the NFL, career numbers 13,000-plus yards, 75-plus touchdowns, and 89.6 passer rating. Whole career in the AFC, five playoff games, four touchdown passes, one interception in those five playoff games. Three-time all-conference in college, 10,000-plus yards, 100-plus touchdowns in college. AFC Offensive Player of the Week, four times played for four NFL head coaches, won three bowl games, and was MVP for each one in college. Pac-12, Heisman Trophy, number two overall pick. The answer is Marcus Mariota. Um, so there I, just, I didn't even know he'd been at, at, to a playoff game other than last year while sitting on the bench. Yeah, those were three playoff games. He had one snap each last year with uh, Ryan Tannehill's run. Uh, yeah, but in 18, he was in two games, actually won one. Actually, Marcus Mariota has one of those seven wins. So with this is the second show in a row now, folks, that we are tabling the Roger Goodell, Colin Kaepernick uh, article that was out there where he admitted that there should have been they should have reached out to him a little bit more. They should have uh, realized the importance of the issue a little bit more. And he goes on to say how uh, really sort of distasteful he thought it was that it became such a political football, uh, pardon the pun. Uh, But we'll get to that. At some point in the near future, we want to remind you on Friday that we are going to go with our playoff picks as well as our Super Bowl matchups, I guess, John. We're going to give you the playoff teams in the AFC and the NFC. Uh, we're going to give you our Super Bowl picks. We're going to do our we're going to certainly point out the teams that are new this year, the teams that drop out from last year. But more importantly, we invite you, our audience, our audience that is probably less than a dozen, uh, to chime in at podcastafr at gmail.com. Podcastafr at gmail.com. And give us who you think AFC playoff uh, teams will be, NFC playoff teams will be, and our Super Bowl matchup. That's going to be a lot of fun, John. Yeah, it is. And is there going to be, has there ever been a more difficult year to to predict anything at this point? Well, and again, I, I, we, we do have a lot of fun at the expense of, well, back in the day, Street and Smith <laughs> magazine, uh, any online uh, articles from ESPN or whomever, uh, sporting news, whatever it is out there, you know, talk show hosts, they go on and on, and they're usually pretty dead wrong. Now, some people, are, 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 some people have, have a pretty good track record, but for the most part, a lot of people are a lot of wrong, are, are are very wrong a lot of the time, and I don't think this year is going to be any anything different. But it's going to be a lot of fun. Do you have any? By the way, do you have any inkling at all? As your deep dive will be a week from Friday now, I believe, mm-hmm. of what you're going to talk about. All right. Well, that does it for our show, folks. For John Pelkey. Jeff Taylor, I'm Mark Ferreira. It's been a lot of fun. We'll talk to you soon.